Welcome to Stuff My Therapist Says, powered by Macon Wellness. I'm your host, Sarah Macon, and I'm glad you've taken the first step to healing and becoming happy again by listening to our podcast. Together with my exceptional Megan Wellness team, as well as other reputable authors, leaders, and mental health professionals, we'll be shedding light on key aspects of mental health and providing actionable tips, strategies, and advice to making healing a reality in your life. With each new breakthrough, we do our part to eradicate the stigmas surrounding mental health, and each episode of this podcast is built to help you overcome the obstacles impacting your life today. Let's begin. So welcome to Stuff My Therapist Says, Michelle Wygant. We're so happy to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, of course, of course. So starting out, what is mental health support? Mental health support can mean so many different things. I think the main things people think about are therapy, medication management, and support groups. And I think just getting into having some of those supports is so important, especially for essential workers and workers that are working with, whether that's physically ill or mentally ill individuals, because that really got lost, especially during COVID. Everybody was kind of in survival mode. And so there wasn't a lot of support. So like I said, definitely therapy, medication management, support groups are the biggest that people will see in terms of support for workers. So essentially, Michelle, what you're saying is that within the past couple of years, essential workers have not been able to get the right mental health support they need. And what are you noticing as a result of that? When I was looking up some different statistics and such, because I had seen it a lot in my own practice, in my own field, in the clients that I have had, the mental health symptoms seem to be so much more extreme and so much more vastly affecting people who had never had any difficulties with mental health in the past. And as I was looking into things, it said that as of near the end of 2022, 19% essentially of adults experience mental illness. But then when you look at essential workers, it's up to 30%. And that's just people that are being honest and what they're reporting. So vastly different when you look at a 10% jump just in that population of workers. The other thing that was really concerning to me is the suicide rate and how much higher it has gotten since the COVID pandemic began, and it was up over 4% for those that committed suicide. And it said it was an average of 130 suicides a day were occurring. So that was really hard to hear. But I think the biggest thing that I saw and that made me so sad is it said that in most communities within the United States, there's 72% of them that do not have enough mental health support for the population that is looking for support. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of individuals that are trying to finally get that support. And some, I see it a lot with hospitals and different programs trying to encourage that, but then they don't have anywhere to go. They can't find that support either. Yeah, it's, it's so definitely really tough. To. By the that's time really someone sad. reaches out, which is not easy. It can take a lot for some people to finally reach out for help. It's really 
it's even more difficult whenever you get to that place where you're ready to get help, but then there's no help or support. And that's, that's really sad to hear, Michelle. Yeah, it's so sad. And I completely agree with you. People taking the step to seek out help can be so difficult for people. And they're at the point that they want help at that point. But then what happens is sometimes they're put on wait lists and it can take, I, I had a client who wanted her child in services, for example, was six months wait list yeah. for anywhere in her area. That was the quickest. So can you imagine somebody that's going through these super trying times and they're doing everything they can to try to seek out support and they can't even get the support that they need either? Yeah, it's it's sad. It's It really mm-hmm. is, especially with the child therapist. It seems like mm-hmm. they're very difficult to come by right now. Yeah, and I think you have to have a very special ability level to be able to do telehealth with a child. Yeah. Telehealth has opened up so many opportunities for so many clients, and I've heard it from in my personal life as well as professional life. There's a lot of individuals that are finally able to get services that wouldn't have been otherwise because, you know, they can take their lunch break and have therapy or do it in the morning or in the evening. But when you factor in drive time, it's not something that they can commit to all the time because of the way their schedule is. So it has opened up a lot of doors, but you're, you're completely right with the children when in person is a lot more effective, finding individuals to be able to provide that is really, really low at this point in time. Yeah. It's a whole other story. So can you share a bit more about the prevalence and statistics of mental health diagnoses nowadays? So some of that I had kind of talked about with the, you know, it's about 20% of adults that are experiencing mental health illness and then the 30% more so with the essential workers. I think the thing that concerns me the most with those statistics is that these workers a lot of times are put in these very difficult situations. They're dealing with life and death situations when you are an essential worker. I think of mostly like police, hospital workers, firefighters, and they don't have a lot of time to get services for one. But then the people that they're dealing with also can be very mentally ill. So, and then they're seeing these very traumatic situations, which unfortunately I feel like a lot of healthcare workers are not trained on how to cope with the mental health side of seeing someone pass away and seeing some of these more traumatic things happen. Mm -hmm. And then they're kind of left to deal with it on their own. And that can be very difficult if you haven't received enough support or training, and then you're put in a situation where you are experiencing or seeing traumatic situations or seeing it happen to someone else or even vicarious traumatization can be a big issue for essential workers and other kinds of workers as well. And I remember actually seeing, it was recently, I think it was through the Allegheny County Bar Association, which is a group for attorneys. They had a training in the past year about how like they can cope with vicarious traumatization because they experience it a lot. And so it's, you know, essential workers that and experience a decline in their mental health as a result of the work that they're doing. Absolutely. And I love to hear that some places are recognizing that there needs to be some training on that vicarious trauma, because I feel like there's a lot of people that experience it 
And sometimes I'll hear from clients like, well, but it wasn't me. I didn't lose somebody. It wasn't somebody close to me. And it's like, that's, that's not how it always works. You can't just shut it off, you know? And unfortunately some places just do have that expectation of, you know, you just keep going and move on, which to some degree you have to, when you're in the middle of a work day, you have to move on. But that's why taking care of yourself is so important because you can't just pretend it didn't happen either. Exactly. Yeah. Denial and attempting to suppress your feelings are both not the most effective coping skills. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. They they don't work. We can, Michelle and I can both tell you guys that. Doesn't work. So why would you say we need mental health support, Michelle? I think one of the big things that people don't realize all the time is the burnout rate. And if you really look at, I know a couple months ago, there was that whole thing, like a lot of like quiet quitting and people not continuing to work as hard and do their work. But even how they said there was like the great resignation and a lot of people leaving the work fields that they were in, a lot of that had to do with burnout. So people, I feel like we're in this survival mode for so long and just continued to work and work and work and didn't take care of themselves. So when you burn out and you have that exhaustion and your energy is depleted, it's just really hard um, to continue with your jobs. And then the other side of that is sometimes people don't recognize that on their own. So having that support, having whether it's HR at a company or just managers being trained in that, like recognizing that there is support available and sending that out and making sure individuals are aware, like there's EAP services, or we have this support group here, or take a mental health day and go take care of yourself. All of that is so important for all of the essential workers out there, all workers in general too. Everybody needs that. At Macon Wellness, our priority is helping you heal and become happy again. We make it easy for you to connect with our exceptional team of therapists right from the comfort and privacy of your device. Not only is this approach more accessible, but it also comes at a much lower cost compared to traditional in-person counseling. We believe no one deserves to suffer in silence and encourage you to work through your challenges so you can live life to the fullest. Call 833-274-HEAL or visit makeandwellness.com to get started with online therapy. So one of the things that you've mentioned a few times, Michelle, has been burnout. So Mm -hmm. could you briefly explain what burnout for an essential worker could look like or what some of the symptoms of it are? So a lot of times you see, like I said, some depletion of energy and exhaustion, but there's also that like pulling away from your job. So someone that might have been like very engaged and eager to be there is kind of just going through the motions. So kind of, I just look at it as like depleted. They have no energy to kind of do what they're doing. But the other side to that is sometimes when people are burnt out, their mental health is affected so much. So you can see a lot of depression and higher levels of anxiety that seem as though they came out of nowhere mm-hmm. when in reality it's due to burnout. But there's also a high prevalence of physical health conditions as well. So sometimes there is gaining weight. There, There's also more so the things that are kind of associated with depression. So being more tired, lack of energy, just in general, like not feeling well. Sometimes people recognize with burnout that they need a break and that's what it is. And other times it just comes out in such other ways that they, they're not recognizing they need to take care of themselves. 
Speaking of taking care of yourself, what is self-care and why is it so important, Michelle? Self-care is like my favorite thing in the world and something that (laughs) I probably talk to almost every client about because I think it is something that is so underrated that people do not do. Yeah. So there's different types of self-care. So self-care is just essentially taking care of yourself so that you can be healthy and accomplish things that you want to in your day. But it's not always like, yes, go take a walk, eat right. Yes, that's all part of it. But there's so much more to it. It's being able to talk kindly to yourself, which unfortunately, a lot of people do not talk the best to themselves with their self-talk. It's setting boundaries and saying no when you don't want to do something. And it's not something that brings you joy. Feeling like you have that opportunity. It can be taking a bath or going for a walk. So there, there are more things like that that are things that you can do regularly. There's also the great things like go get your hair done or get your nails done or have lunch with a friend. Those are all great, but they're not things that are going to help keep you in a good place on a regular basis. So they're all amazing and things you should do. But having some of those daily routines is good. There's also physical self-care. So making sure that you're sleeping well, which again, is something that's very underrated. Um, Makes making a huge sure you're difference. Getting enough, yeah, huge you need that quality in and steady sleep. You need to have some type of exercise and even just paying attention to the foods that you're eating because when you're eating a lot of junk, your body feels like junk. And I think we've all had those moments where yeah. it's like, I'm kind of doing this to myself, Yeah, you know? And then there's also the spiritual side to things. So whether that's going to a church or meditating or just being one with the earth and being outside and kind of grounding yourself. Like all of those kind of contribute to different ways of taking care of yourself and engaging in some self-care. Yeah. Those are all amazing ideas and tips, Michelle. What would you say to our audience who feels guilty whenever they go to practice some self-care? It's a hard thing. And I can say like as a mother, it is very hard to take time for yourself. But I also feel like if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't do your best to take care of others. And if we're looking at essential workers, if you're not in a good place, you can't be in the best place for everybody else. So I think it's also looking at prioritizing your time too. So no, there's going to be nights where you don't have a lot of time. There's going to be mornings where you barely can get enough sleep. So that's not something that you can throw in exercising in the morning. Like that's the reality of life, but there are little things you can do and ways that you can kind of change your self-talk around things. So for example, you can make your bed first thing in the morning and you can start a day that you know is going to be chaotic and busy and stressful you can start your day by making your bed and having an accomplishment first thing in the day. Like I did something for myself because my bed is made and I know after I go work all day and run kids around and, you know, get done with everything else that I have to do, that I come home to something that feels good to me. So I think sometimes we're going to have time to fit in more things than others, but it's all about like the way that we look at it. We're trying to look at I'm working and I'm busy all day, but can I take five minutes and have that, you know, what they call like the water cooler talk Yeah. while you're there. Sometimes just bringing kindness to other people makes us feel so much better. And that's a form of self-care too. So it's all about looking at 
what you're looking at self-care as because it doesn't always have to be these big things that take huge amounts of time in a day. Yeah, it's not always going to a day spa or getting your nails done or mm-hmm. going to get your hair done or different things like that. It can be as simple as making your bed if that brings you a lot of joy. It can really be, and again, assuming that the coping skill or the thing that you're doing is healthy and good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Really, yeah, considering what works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think just looking at like, what are some little things I can do each day that kind of just replenish my energy? And help you to feel good. And there are, when you stop and think about it, there are a lot of things you can do that are very small in terms of time that can make you feel so much better. Absolutely. Prioritizing. And I think making sure that you let yourself know, like, you matter, you're important, and taking care of yourself is important. Exactly. Because running yourself ragged is not going to help your professional career or even your personal life. And if you are listening and you are an essential worker, you are so important. The world needs you and we need the talents and the skill sets that you have. And, you know, understanding that the better you can take care of yourself, it's going to lead to you feeling better or it may lead to you feeling better and can really help with not only feeling better, but also even being more productive, which is a nice thing. And you know, really starting to consider what can you do for self-care that is realistic. Is it making your bed? Is it going for a walk? Is it maybe doing your own hair? Is it, you know, what is it? Another little thing too is playing with your pet. You know, you hear about, and I feel like there's so much movement on like emotional support animals. So maybe sitting and just playing with your dog for five minutes just helps improve your mood. So I just would overall encourage all essential workers, like take advantage of whatever services your workers provide or seek out counseling using your own insurance, because there is support and there are people that understand and can really help you to just feel better and be the best self that you can be. Yeah. Taking advantage of the resources that you have available to you. And even if your company has an EAP, those are great. Many, I mean, they're all different, obviously, but many times It can include counseling as well. So definitely check that out. So Michelle, what are your final words of wisdom for our audience today? I think one thing that I would love for people to take away is that they matter. What they've gone through matters, what they're going through matters, and who they are as a human being matters. So please reach out and get some help if you feel like you need it, whether that's support from friends or colleagues, or getting into that support group or seeking out services because everybody deserves to live their best life possible. So I hope that people can take away from that. They matter as an individual. And that's why self-care and all of those other things we talked about are so important. They really are. Thanks so much for your time and thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with our audience, Michelle. We so appreciate having you on our team. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to get to talk about some things that are so important to so many people. I am too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Stuff My Therapist Says, powered by Macon Wellness. If our conversation brought new insights and perspectives into your life, please do not hesitate to share this episode with one person in your circle who will gain positive energy from it as well. Remember, 
The stigmas of mental health are a thing of the past. If you're ready to take the next step to heal and become happy again, find us at Make and Wellness on your favorite social media networks or reach out to our highly rated Make and Wellness team by dialing 833-274-HEAL. Or you can schedule an appointment on our website at makinwellness.com. Until we meet again, this is Sarah Macon reminding you that healing happens here.